Welcome to episode 164 of the McSauce Comic Book Podcast. My name is Paul McGinty. With me, as always, are Ian Sharpley. Hello. And Matt Cassell. Hello. It is Monday night, September 5th, and tonight we're going to dive deep into the upcoming Marvel Now. Marvel's been running the big Civil War II event, trying to capitalize on a former Civil War success. I don't know how well this is doing. It seems like DC's been kicking their ass in comic sales since Rebirth came out. But we're going to get into what Marvel has planned going forward post-Civil War II. Before we talk Marvel now, we're going to get some housekeeping with Ian Sharpley. We'll try to keep it nice and quick. McSauce.com is the place that you can find our webcomic, our reviews of the comic books that we, or at least Paul, checks out and loves and hates or feels indifferently about. You can also find our podcast there. Um, great way to follow the podcast is through iTunes. The iTunes store has uh, a good percentage of our podcasts on there. You can also check out Stitcher Radio as well as Podomatic, which is our current home. And if you want to check out all of the deep dive backlog of our podcast episodes, go to mixauspodcast.libsyn.com and you can check out the entire uh, catalog of our episodes. At some point, we're going to move everything over to Libsyn, but right now, just the classic episodes are available there. And I'd like to also give a plug here in housekeeping for a podcast that uh, we, we, Paul and myself, have been checking out recently, and it has a, a, a great history with this show. It used to be... Um, a comic book smell that, that old, that old comic, comic book smell, smell that old that old comic shit. that old comic smell Jody Yurden who is a co-host on Case and Point which is the new podcast that I like to let our listeners know to check out is it Case uh, and Point or case, case in Point Case and Point isn't the the actual like verbiage Case in Point um I don't know I would imagine that to the Google, right? But the, this podcast is Case and Point with Justin Case and Jody Yurden of that old comic smell. You can check them out on iTunes. You can find them in the iTunes Store. You can also follow them on the Facebook page, Facebook.com/slash Case and Point Podcast, and. They have a lot of uh, wrestling type type stories, comic book and nostalgia things there. A lot of lot of a uh, lot of eighties talk, eighties TV, movies, nineties talk, uh, some Power Rangers bashing, which I really appreciated. Nice. Uh, not too heavy on the Masters of the Universe just yet, but I think they're saving that for. A rainy day. I'm pretty amped to listen to that. Uh, I Je- think episode three, uh, they got into a lot of GI Joe talk. And Justin's a big uh, Justin's a big action figure fan. So any of yeah. the people out yeah. there that yeah. are uh, action figure files, can I, re- I really, check it out I really enjoy the show. Uh, the biggest compliment uh, I can give to these guys is that they feel like your buddies. We've never met uh, Justin Casey. I think he lives in. 
uh, Portland or Seattle. He lives on the other side of the country. Right. And uh, we never met Jody Yearden, who lives in, in upstate New York, but um, they feel like your buddies that you grew up with. It's really natural to listen to. It's, you know, the conversations you've had with your friends a ton of times, and uh, it's just a really comfortable podcast to sink your teeth into. So sink your podcast teeth into Case Endpoint. You can find Bye. it on iTunes. Arr. And uh, just to clear up some confusion from earlier, the, the actual uh, verbiage is Case In Point. Um, so, moving on. Paul, what are we talking about tonight? We're talking about Marvel now. When? Now? Like, like right now, this second? Uh, Marvel in a month or so. I don't know where Civil War II stands on their release schedule, but it's Marvel for the rest of 2016 and going forward. So this season of Marvel... As, as somehow it's referred to occasionally. Because we're in a television schedule... Mm-hmm. Style. We all we all downloaded the Marvel Now previews and uh, catalog on yeah. Comixology. Uh, the three of us have it keyed up right now, um, and there's a lot of <clears throat> there's no there's no real release dates. Excuse me uh, for anything um, that I could see in this in this book. Correct? Uh, yeah, I'm not. Me? No, no, no. I'm not seeing anything either. Um, oh, beginning this October. Uh, so, I mean, there's a there's a lot of books that are going to be kicking off Marvel Now, but didn't Marvel already do a Marvel Now? So this is uh, kind of Marvel <clears throat> Now again. They did. Now, I'd like to read something from the editor-in-chief, Axel Alonso, that kind of sets the stage for what Marvel Now is. Um, so just please bear with me, because we're going to basically read this and then bash the shit out of it. When the original Marvel Now took the comics world by storm in 2012, it followed a very simple philosophy. Pair inspired creators with the best characters in comics, and the result will be great stories. Four years later, that spirit is alive and well, and stronger than ever before. Hmm. This magazine, or digital copy, that you hold in your hands offers a glimpse of what's next in the Marvel Universe. The events of Civil War II will have a dramatic impact on the landscape of the Marvel Universe. There will be winners and losers and casualties and spoils. Some heroes will ascend to new heights of power, others will stare into an abyss of their own creation, and of course, vultures will feast on the aftermath of battle. So, so the vulture's going to be in this thing? All right, right. where's the he at? bad guy, yeah. Now, onto the, onto the playing field will step new heroes. And new villains, the line between which has never been thinner. Movers and shakers for the 21st century. The future is now. If you're new to our universe, Marvel Now offers a wide open doorway into our entire line. If you're a longtime fan, it's the start of a thrilling new season. There it is. Uh, filled with the types of twists and surprises that are guaranteed to glue you to your seat guaranteed can I have my money back (laughs) still buckle up this ride is going to be wild Uh, sincerely Axel Alonso editor in chief I added the sincerely because this was a pile of shit this was all bull crap Um, and we're going to break it down one one sentence at a time one flaming turd at a time so Ian 
they reference Marvel now, uh, how it took the comics world by storm way back in 2012. That was uh, a mere four years ago. Do you remember that when they I, did that? Yes, I do remember that. Now, um, uh, refresh my memory. What kind of storm was it that that it took the comics world by? Uh, probably like a sprinkling. Maybe uh, you know you checked your weather app and you saw that it was going to rain, but it actually didn't rain at all. There wasn't any kind of groundbreaking stories. There weren't any kind of shakeups in the universe that anybody could really point back to and, and well, really... Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think they renumbered some comic books, right? And they're renumbering again. And I believe they've renumbered since then as well. So we've had some some several renumberings, which is really exciting because I don't know about you, but I love a new number one. I do too. I, there's nothing that will get me to buy a comic book more than a fresh Who number one. Casting off the the chains of traditionalism to you know just move forward now does does marvel still put a collector's item issue on their number ones or do they just let that one sell itself i they they let the one sell itself in unless unless it's the case where it's a a benchmark issue where they will go out of their way to make sure that you know that hey this this is this uh character has been around for this amount of time and we're just you know for this one time we're gonna uh renumber it yeah this one time um i don't know about you guys but i felt like this this introduction by axel alonzo marvel's editor-in-chief was very disingenuous i felt like um it it was just a bunch of like psycho babble garbly gook that like didn't really have any substance to it at all um it talked about how it's gonna treat longtime fans to a thrilling new seasons with new twists and turns and it as a longtime fan uh that didn't None of this excited me. None of it. Now, let's take the one word out of there that I think both you and I kind of balked at a little bit. Season. Do yeah. you have a gigantic problem with maybe Marvel moving away from it, the traditional long-form storytelling? And Because, let's be honest, they haven't told a long-form story in any of these books in a very, very long time. Well, that's true. It seems like uh, the cohesion of each title is kind of dictated by the current editor's um, personal feelings on the trajectory of the series over the years. Um, that's why Spider-Man is the disaster that it is right now, um, because Joe Quesada had some kind of personal vendetta against the way that Spider-Man had been treated for, you know, 30 years, and he needed to step in and somehow rectify, basically fix something that wasn't broken. And uh, good job, Joe. It's never been more broken. Congratulations. Um, I think that the, the, with them referring to Marvel as a season is the first real acknowledgement that they're basically saying, yeah, yeah, we renumber the shit all the time, you know. We're gonna and we're gonna do it again when yeah, we do Marvel, every year. Marvel now part two or is it part three? I don't know. But what are they gonna call it after Marvel now? And like Marvel now is the dumbest name because it's all relative. 
What's Marvel now? I mean, in 2012, Marvel now is Marvel then. That's stupid. Paul. But isn't... I mean, it's always... It's always going to be Marvel now. But it's not, because Marvel now in 2012 is Marvel then. Yeah, but we're not talking about Marvel now in 2012. We're talking about Marvel now in 2016. But we were talking talking about, about the now. We're talking about 2012 Marvel now and how it took the comics world by storm. Paul, do you remember the ramifications of the 2012 Marvel Now launch? Like, I mean, you felt them ever like, since where, then. Where were you? I mean, do you remember where you were? Yeah, do you remember where you were when 2012 Marvel yeah, Now happened? Wasn't I more concerned with the new 52 launching? Or uh, was that 2011? That was 2011. I, I was think. more concerned with new 52 from DC a year in yeah, than it right. was Marvel Now, but Marvel Now 2012 edition seemed. Much less, uh, much less pandering and purposeful. It seemed like a more organic adjustment to the Marvel universe than Marvel now. Now, you know, Marvel now, now, twenty sixteen version is because this current Marvel now version seems like we are we are catching this diversity train. By storm, and we are just. I think we're driving this. We're diversifying train. this mother like you would not believe. So, speaking of the big change ups to Marvel now, 2016, in their previews catalog that you can download on Comixology for free. For free. There's a two Which, page by the spread. way, can I just say? I'm deleting this as soon as this episode is over. I, I will not foul my iPad with this shit any longer. Uh, poor Marvel. So there's, um, there's a two-page spread of artwork, which is two... It makes it look like two factions of Marvel characters. There are 27 characters in total. You counted them? I counted them. There are 27 characters in total, including uh, Devil Dinosaur's giant... And a Lake. foot, right, yeah. Giant yeah. foot. I was thinking that was Finn Fan. <sighs> no, that's Devil Dinosaur, because he belongs to some other person that I don't know. A moon girl. Uh, uh, yeah, I guess so. So, in there, out of the 27 characters, I know, I know 19 of them. I'm not a Marvel guy. I know 19. Maybe three or four of those characters are because of you guys telling me who they were before we started. Characters like... Uh, Full Slapstick killer. and Full Killer and Solo. Like, these are 90s and 80s Marvel characters that they're bringing back. I had no idea who they were. Um, I know who someone like Riri Williams is just because of all the publicity she's been getting. I know who Gwenpool is because I've gone to conventions in the last couple years. But there's still a good bit of characters on there that I have no idea who the fuck they are. Like, the black slash latino girl dressed as cap that's it looks like she's america america chavez Uh, no not ugly betty of Uh, ugly betty america chavez who was in the young avengers as who was she a version of captain america not the first version of wasn't black cap wasn't that kid captain america this is the second version the kieran gillen um why did they change it? Because I thought the 
Black Cap, young Black Cap worked really well. Maybe they. I, I, don't, I don't remember his I, name. I, I don't. I don't know. I don't know why, but they did eventually in the second version. They did eventually change it. And her name's America Chavez. I believe it's America Chavez. I could be. I could be totally. I could be wildly wrong, but I believe that so, that's who that is. All right, let's let's. Um... But the the we don't even have to run down and talk about who we know and who we don't know. The biggest thing is that we don't really know any of these characters. A, There's yeah. not a lot of characters that you can sit there and say, oh, well, I know... You can point out Doctor Strange as maybe a classic character that you could remember so some stories that were ever told. There's a character that could be Steve Rogers, but I don't know if that's really Steve Rogers. There's Cable, who's really the only connection to the X-Men universe. Uh, I guess... You have Black Panther in there. That's a classic character that we all know and have read before. Electra's there, but who knows Where's, at this point why isn't what Electra like what version of Electra is this? Like I've I've no idea. Is that Electra Nachios? Um I recognize Maria Hill. I guess that's Thor. Where's Spider Man? Uh well uh, Miles Morales Miles, is right Miles there. Morales is there no, buddy. no, I said we're Spider Man. Oh. That's Spider Man, buddy. That's your Spider Man. There's Bruce Banner. Oh wait. Oh wait, that's Amadeus Cho. That's the totally <laughs> awesome Hulk. Which is a horrible name for a book. Uh, the new Hulk book, uh, Amadeus Cho, is the Hulk. It's not Bruce Banner. And his the title of the book is Totally Awesome Hulk. I feel like Marvel's book, their their title names could use some work. Uh, totally Awesome Hulk seems to be <laughs> totally know, not awesome. Yeah, it's like it's it's grasping for a certain demographic, but just completely. Um, Coming up short. Yeah, but it's it's just it's just blatant, blatantly. They're like, you know what? Yeah, this is what we're doing. This is what we're going for. Totally awesome, Hulk. Right. But I mean, I don't, I don't want to read, I don't want to read that book. Uh, Squirrel Girl and Gwenpool are prominent. I'm kind of surprised that Deadpool isn't in this spread because Deadpool is. He's money. I mean, yeah, exactly. He is a money maker. So it's it, like it's this is it, it seems like using this two page spread. This is what Marvel's. This is where Marvel's going with their characters. These are who they're putting front and center. Who they want people to focus on, and they're unrecognizable. And I understand. You know, we're pushing diversity. We want everyone represented. But it's just like I don't know what this universe is. Like I'm more comfortable. I'm more confident that I could name characters from the Valiant universe than I could Marvel. And because it doesn't feel like an organic way that this has all happened. It feels like a you're just dropping characters into placeholders into name. You know, Iron Man is now a 15 year old genius African American teenage girl. Like, why did that happen? I don't know. But it's weird that it's happening all across the Marvel landscape. And you don't... There's no anchor 
for us as longtime readers to come back and be like, oh, well, I care about this side or that side or these group of characters. They're all new. They're all different. Well, that was uh, one anyone... of the things that that uh, that Axel Alonso talked about was how um, onto the playing field will step new heroes and new villains, the line between which has never been thinner. So heroes are going to bleed into like doing some, you know, unsavory things and villains might show some you know acts of uh, courage or whatever and I hate that you know and I'm sure Paul hates it even more because Paul has always said you know let heroes be heroes and villains be villains uh, what's wrong with a hero being you know perfect or whatever that like that's something to as- aspire to and um, Marvel couldn't be getting further away from from that approach when it comes to their heroes. I mean, I, I think it even goes a step further, and it's people that we have just no idea who they are. So, how do we know what what they are if they are heroes or villains? We don't know because we have zero history with like the entire line of characters. I mean, it's it's a complete refreshing of everything that we've known. Yeah, and Ian. On the side with um, Iron Man Girl, mm-hmm. um, there's a there's a blue guy that uh, looks like you know he's made up of like uh, he reminds me computer of, like, bits or yeah, whatever. Mechanical Doctor Manhattan. Is that Tron? Excuse me. Is that a real thing or? Uh, that was a joke. You guys oh. know Tron. Yeah. Well, I mean, I didn't know Disney classic. Come on. He looks he looks like Tron. Does anyone know who he is? I don't know who he is. I don't know who he is. I have no idea. But I mean, that's... that's, that's Magneto. But I mean, like, that's the point. Like, who are any of these characters? Why There's do... very few recognizable characters. And, and, you know, Axel Alonso's write-up in the beginning doesn't do enough to inspire excitement when you see what he's actually talking about. Okay. You know, like, even if you take what he says at face value and you go in not cynical at all, like I obviously did... Um, and, and I and I listen to what he has to say. Okay, fine. Maybe that sounds pretty exciting. But then you actually look at what he's talking about. Look at the books that they're offering, and you realize you don't recognize characters. You don't understand these like certain kind of alliances and team ups that they're showing. Um, and, and you're wondering where like certain favorites are. Like, oh man, I love the Fantastic Four. Where are they? Well, their movie's not very popular, so we're not gonna. We're not going to do anything. Well, that's cool. Where are the X Men? I mean, uh, they were always popular in the nineties. You know, like right there in there. Oh, oh shit! Yeah, very little X Men representation. I guess there's kind of a story of the, you know, the something goes down between the X Men and it looks like the transition into the um, the humans, the Inhumans, and like it. I I know it sounds like conspiracy theory, but. I mean, it all kind of lines up that Marvel Studios owns the Inhumans. They don't own the X-Men. So there's a clear division between we're moving into Inhumans and getting away from the X-Men. It's not a conspiracy theory because multiple reporters have commented on going to the Marvel studio, the Marvel offices in New York before and after and during the transition between X-Men to, new human, uh, to Inhumans and seeing all the Wolverine stuff taken down. That's a great, gigantic selling character. 
Like all of the X Men in the nineties, yeah. the X Men were the lifeblood of Marvel. That's a great comic point. Books. There is no sign of Wolverine. I mean, I'm sorry, but he didn't just become unpopular overnight. He still is popular. He still has a gigantic movie franchise that, for better or for worse, people go see those movies. People know who Hugh Jackman is. He still may be. Wolverine still might be the number one most popular Marvel character. Um, But you couldn't tell it from this new previews guide, which has. Not even a whisper of Wolverine. It's in crazy. It. it is absolutely Cyclops crazy. Cyclops is really Cyclops and Cable in the beginning are really. And I guess if you count Deadpool, they're the only X representatives. Yeah. In this universe, because it's the time displaced Scott Summers in this new Champions like slash Young Avengers book. Uh, Deadpool has his own has a couple books. Cable appears somewhere, but that's really it. And I wouldn't have a problem with it if it wasn't, if it was an organic thing, if it was a publisher's choice that they were like, oh, well, we're moving away from X Men because they're not popular anymore or whatever, which is the case that can be made with Fantastic Four. Fantastic Four books don't really sell all that well, and for whatever reason, people just don't respond to, you know, the first family of Marvel anymore, and they've kind of been put on the shelf, but. That's because the movies haven't been very good. Um, but the comics have done pretty well. I think that um, Jonathan Hickman's run was pretty successful. Uh, certainly the Mark Miller stuff was successful. When it's done well, um, it, they, they sell well. Uh, unfortunately, throughout the years, I feel like they haven't been done all that well. Yeah, I mean, and it, it doesn't help that Marvel isn't putting the focus on the Fantastic Four anymore. And, I, I mean, I can understand, I guess I can understand that maybe it's maybe it's time has, has passed, or maybe it's not something that people want to read anymore, but the X-Men is unexcusable. I don't know, It's man. a perfect... There's, there are characters in the Marvel Universe that, in my opinion, have... Uh, they have withstood the test of time. They have, uh, you know, they made it out of the 60s and through yeah. the 70s and 80s and into the new millennium. And I think that these characters didn't suddenly become uninteresting or not good enough for the pages of a comic book. They're just not treated with a certain respect that, frankly, they've earned, you know, yeah. for having... Having lasted, I mean, like, look at the shelf life of most comic book characters. It's not that long. But there are a, a crop of characters at Marvel and DC that just deserve to have books at this point. Um, and the Fantastic Four is one. The X-Men is definitely one. I mean, think about when we were coming up in the 90s, how many X-Men books were out there. You had Uncanny, you had X-Men, you had X-Force, and X-Factor, and all these different mutant... Uh, uh, titles. Wolverine had what two different books all by himself, and also was featured in various X Men titles. I mean, it was insane the popularity, and it, it they were the franchise that Marvel felt okay with going to the movie studios with first. I mean, because it was their most po- popular and precious gem in in their uh, in their fran in in what they had in their portfolio. And yeah. It's amazing how far it's fallen off to. They're essentially extinct in 
publishing and also in the story writing. It looks like from what I can read from this previews magazines that there there aren't going to be any more new mutants born. There aren't going to be really a, a, a big focus on the mutant population. It's really sad. It really is. You know, I w- I think that it was okay to pare down the X-Men uh, presence at Marvel. I feel like there were too many books. The X-Men are a very unique kind of uh, case, I think, at Marvel because they almost felt like their own entity like within Marvel. Mm-hmm. You had fans that only liked the X-Men. They bought all the books and they followed the continuity and somehow they understood it. I was never one. I never understood the X-Men. Paul, I tried to get into the X-Men probably like 10 separate times. I'm like, this is going to be it. Uh, Okay, Executioner's Song. Okay, I'm in. I'm going to buy like a bunch. Couldn't do it. Oh, the Legion storyline where Professor X has to like go back in time or or go into the future and kill himself. I don't remember exactly, but I I thought... (laughs) Obviously, I didn't didn't understand it. I'm laughing because it's so true. And I couldn't couldn't follow it. Oh, um, you know, let me read... uh, what, give me, give me a new X Men with Grant Morrison. New X Men with Grant Morrison. It was fun for a couple issues until I was like, "What? That, that's Grant Morrison, true." But, but this is a, a bigger issue with the X Men comic series in general. It was never all that accessible. But you have these diehard X Men fans that totally got it and they ate it all up. Can I take a Grant Morrison sidebar for a second? Yeah, why not? Sidebar, if you will. I recently bought. Graham Morrison and Frank Quitley's JLA Earth 2 where they introduced the crime syndicate and I ate that shit up in like two hours like I devoured it it was so good their JLA Earth 2 story so fucking good it floats it cruises I mean it's just so smooth boom 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 awesome awesome fucking book great work by Grant Morrison I'm not a huge Grant Morrison guy shit gets way too convoluted sometimes but holy shit JLA Earth 2 from DC we're not talking DC tonight but some Grant Morrison work go find or are we (laughs) go find JLA Earth 2 because that's a really good fucking read Grant Morrison for me is always hit and miss he always has those books where he really zeroes in, he makes it a very concise story. <laughs> we Three is a perfect example of a very streamlined story, which is fucking awesome. Yeah, yeah. Ian, he is hit and miss, but for me, the, hits, the hits are the first, you know, one to five issues, and the misses are everything after that. I can't fight you on that at all, because Grant Morrison has lost me... More times than I can count. And you know that's saying something if Ian can't argue it. <laughs> yeah. Because Ian can argue anything. Yeah. So, uh, Paul, now we've perused this uh, Marvel Now preview um, of exciting upcoming launches in um, Earth-shattering Earth stories and yeah. heroes that will become villains. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, you've looked at it. Is there anything at all that maybe piques your interest just a little bit i'm curious to check out champions number one champions number one it's what? essentially the marvel now young avengers it's time displaced scott summers uh kamala khan ms marvel sam alexander nova 
Miles Morales, Spider-Man. No actual characters in their original incarnations. Yeah, that would be uh, Vision's weird daughter Viv is in there, and the Amadeus Cho Hulk. But like, I like enough of. There's something interesting about this group of young Avengers getting together. Maybe it's because I read uh, Sam Alexander's initial run by. Um... Oh fuck! I forget who wrote that. But I really liked it. I enjoyed it. Not not the initial run. Maybe it was the 2012 Marvel Now relaunch. Um, after Richard Rider was maybe dead in the Cancerverse, stuck in there with Thanos and Peter Quill. Ed Bennis was the no artist. It was, no? no, it was uh, Ed McGinnis. Ed McGinnis. It was Ed. It was, um, I think it was Jeff Loeb and Ed McGinnis. They kicked it off. Ed Jeff Loeb, Ed McGinnis. They kicked it off. Uh, Sam Alexander it was about Sam. Trying to find his dad who had died, and he eventually came across Richard Rider. They wrote a great, um, great, you know, hero's death for Richard Rider finally because he was left in the ethos for fucking ever, or in the ether. No one knew where the what the fuck happened to him. What's the difference between an ether and an ethos? Uh, and a urethra. Eth- well, urethra, urethra is the tube in your penis. The ether is like the nothingness. Uh-huh. And I'm not sure what the ether is. <laughs> the ether. No, it's not. The ethos, yeah. The ethos. the ethos. I don't know what the ethos is. I may have is. made that up just now. I meant ether. I meant in the ether. Are uh, you sure it's ether, not ether? But, like, I like I like young, original Scott Summers. Um, I read the first six issues ethos of is Kamala Khan's. Ethos is just Collins. a Greek word for character, so. Hmm. I read the first six issues of Kamala Khan's Ms. Marvel. They were cool. They were okay. Um, Miles Morales is alright so I feel like there's enough of a character anchor that like I know who these people are that I could be interested in it Uh, it's written by Mark Wade, drawn by Umberto Ramos Mm -hmm. two proven creators in the field the creators have me interested, everything else is putting me to sleep yeah well they're gonna have to sell me on Amadeus Cho and Viv Vision or whatever her I think last the, name would be. I think a big problem with a lot of these Marvel books is like we're, we aren't lapsed comic book readers, but we are lapsed Marvel readers. I tried to follow Civil War II. It didn't hold my interest. I don't know if I... I feel like I might need to read that to know why yeah. all these changes happened. But they're doing a bad job of making me interested in that because... It doesn't feel organic. It feels like they're just shoving things in places yeah, the changes, where they don't belong. The changes to the Marvel Universe feel pretty wholesale. Like like it like there was some kind of cataclysm that changed everything in the blink of an eye. Like if you stepped away from Marvel Comics for a year or two and you came back, it's unrecognizable. There was no transition into like what it's become. It's like it's it's too much too fast. Well, we keep and, all of us keep loose tabs. Like I mean, we don't buy the actual books, but but we have to on, pay attention. We're on for comicbook.com, yeah. we're on Newsarama, comic book resources. I and mean, we know what's going on in the in the Marvel universe. We know what's happening, but there still seems to be such a dynamic shift and the entire universe that even like you can't even follow tangentially and 
follow what's going on. Like, you need... It seems like you need to have read every Marvel issue from 2012 till now to really get the full story of everything that's happened as to, like, why this Young Avengers team, which the book is called Champions, isn't really the Young Avengers team with the Black Captain America and Kate Bishop Hawkeye and the gay Wiccan and Hulk... Youngling? Hulkling? Hulkling. Yeah, like, where... What happened to those characters? Like, they're... I mean, they... That was... That Young Avengers seemed like a very natural and organic step into diversity. But now, you know, there is a Kate Bishop book, but the rest of those characters are just gone. So I guess gay, white Hulkling wasn't diverse enough, so now he's just going to be Chinese. So like, where are those Where are those characters that had... Um, That's a really good question, because organic Young Avengers was quite unity. good. Yeah, it was in a clean book. Who wrote that? Uh, was that Alan Jeff- Heinberg. Oh, that's right, the TV guy, right? Yeah, yeah, it was it, it was good, but all those characters gone in hey, favor of more blatantly diverse characters. Um, I don't mean to derail you, but on the cover of this uh, Champions issue, can somebody please tell me what's? And so I apologize, I listeners. I saw that too. Uh, um, I, why is the shading on that foot so the, fucking the, the cr- charcoal? The cross hatching. It's cross hatching. It, it's in. Sane. Humberto Ramos, man, one of my all-time favorite artists. I don't know what is going on on that foot, but it is out of control. Like Champ- the- Champions number one, Cyclops's uh, foot has. I get that. It's a different. It's a different texture of like that he's wearing at, some kind at, of cloth. Boot. Look at Nova's back foot, and the shading on Nova's back foot. Or like I get it that it's 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 in the back. It's the shaded foot, right. but it's a. Completely different art style. Or Miss Marvel's the right. issue. Or Miss Marvel's back foot is just inked black. Yeah. yeah. Like why is I mean, this so cross? That's okay. It's weird. But I feel like stuff, but like it's also colored differently. So is that something that Cyclops yeah. is wearing his foot's bandaged up? Like that's what it looks like to me. <laughs> is that his foot is bandaged up because that's brown, not gold. <laughs> it's, right? It's just badly. Or drawn. did somebody fuck that? Totally up. Somebody effed it up. Okay. We can move. We can move on from champions. Number so one. okay. But so before, champ. Before I move on from champions number one, I need. I also need to nitpick the shit out of this. <laughs> uh, I feel like I. Before we started recording, we were talking about how much I fucking hate all the Marvel New York hype. <laughs> I fucking. Hate it. Marvel may be exclusively responsible for me never going to New York City <laughs> in my entire life because I'm so fucking sick and tired of Marvel being like, you can go to the real places that Marvel stuff happened because it happens in the real world and it happens in our world and it's New York City. Uh, well, how about some fucking shit happens in Chicago or St. Louis? Hey, that's Savage Dragon's hometown, <laughs> Chicago. Or maybe Dallas. Maybe Livingston, Montana. Why does it always... Why are we always stroking New York City's fucking dick in Marvel books? And they're in the subway, uh, and I, I feel know, like... Now, in fairness, that doesn't just happen in Marvel books, To dude. draw the New York subway with 
the signs and oh look we can we're at 34th street you all know where that's at marvel is marvel readers ah true believers how dare dance. you <laughs> stroke your true believers excelsior all over the sheets i'm fucking sick of that bullshit i fucking hate it i've always hated it's it. not just marvel that is guilty of it though i agree with you on that i i never want to see another fictional New York thing ever again. Maybe we should what retitle do you mean this. Marvel's to, not. Maybe we should. Marvel's not exclusively guilty of this. Every fucking piece of media jerks off on New York and how oh. great their fucking pizza is and how mean but loyal their fucking citizens are. Go fuck yourself. You're all rude pieces of shit. Ah yeah. Rude pieces of shit. Yeah, like, I, I just can't, like, I get it. I know you're, you want to root your universe. New York City, not New York State. Not you, Jody. <laughs> you want to root your universe in realism and, you know, like, have, like, something that people can latch onto. But, like, who the fuck gives a shit? So the fuck what? Like, it, like I'm more concerned with, like, Centennial Park in Metropolis because... I've read a ton of Superman books, so Centennial Park is just as much a real place to me as Central Park is, because I'm not a huge Friends fan. <laughs> but you are, so don't lie. No, nah, Friends is alright. I'm not a huge Friends fan. You've watched all of them, right? No. No, no I'm, not, I'm not Friends diehard. Well, that show sucks, too. I've never watched an entire yeah, episode like, I mean, of it. Like... Fuck them and their gigantic hey, apartment. I like, I like friends in their unrealistic, huge apartment. Uh, but, um, yeah, Marvel, I feel like Marvel really goes out of, the, out of the way. And I get Marvel, the Marvel offices are in New York. Stan and Jack, the house that Stan and Jack built was in New York City. And, like, now, that's where all this no, no, shit no, no. came from. DC was in New York for a very long time, too, so... Right. Call your goddamn right. jets. Well, I'm not talking about what DC's done with their universe. Yeah. I'm talking about how loyal Marvel is to New York City all the time. It's just it's just too much. I can't fucking take all the fucking dick-stroking of New York City in Marvel books. I can't fucking take it. Like, if I was... I wish I was a Marvel villain so I could fucking nuke the entire thing. That would be my entire cause for being a Marvel villain. I would go to Manhattan, I would burn it to the ground, and I'd go to jail happily because I, I did what I wanted to do. I wouldn't even want to take out the heroes. I'm like, now you just have to fucking do this in fucking Rhode Island or Florida <laughs> or Pittsburgh. Yeah, I'd be, I'd I'm wanna, sorry. I'd want to blow the entire thing out so that it was just... It became part of the ocean. It became part of the Atlantic Ocean. You can't even rebuild the city on it anymore. Oh, shit. Now you need to go to Buffalo. Dr. Doom, you need to get your shit together and blow up New York City. Or just like, I don't even know, my geography's bad. Can it just be like a pin drop in like just a hole in the middle of America? <laughs> well, does the new New York City become Bradford? Like Pierre Olean, New York? Where the Zippo factory is, like mid, in the middle of New York, would that also would that radius also take off Philadelphia? Because I've got no issues with Philly. Ah, uh, 
the flyers, you know, take them out to. My brother lives out there. Eh, he can uh, be on vacation. <laughs> yeah, sometimes there are casualties. <laughs> yeah, seriously. I'm sorry, Matthew. Yeah, there's but... a little thing called collateral damage. Ever hear of it? Moving on to the next. We should uh, call this segment. Gripe. We should call this segment Paul's soapbox. I just fucking hate it. I mean, yeah, it's not just Marvel. It's everyone sucking New York's dick. New York's so great. Ugh. Fuck you. It's I not that fucking great. I really, guarantee it's not that great. I really don't have a problem with uh, Marvel's representation of New York. I have a much bigger problem with these awful-looking comic books that they're creating. Like the unbeatable Squirrel Girl. Now, what is so unbeatable about her? In her awfulness? Is there really nothing more awful than Squirrel Girl? She's pretty goddamn terrible. Is she striking a Batman pose in that comic there? Is that what she's doing? Uh, it, it looks more like a Superman, a Superman pose. Uh, it's, it's awful. Whatever it is. It's, <laughs> yeah, are we sure? it's truly awful. Now, I don't understand how this qualifies as a Marvel Now book. This is number 16. Uh, Marvel, shame on you. You didn't even renumber this thing. Um, but... M- I don't know. Maybe there's some big shakeups in the Squirrel Girl universe. Paul, what do you expect to see out of Squirrel Girl number 16? Who fucking cares? Are you fucking kidding me? Like, I, I, I want to I wanna read a couple Squirrel Girl issues so I can maybe understand what the hype is about Squirrel Girl, but I don't think I'm the audience. Like... A squirrel really? Girl can probably offer me everything I wanted in a comic book, and I would take a giant shit on it. It's just fucking stupid. Like, what's her... Is that tail organic? Does she really have a tail? I have no idea, because, because she's not a like real fucking clearly, comic book character. I've never like, read a book with her, ever. It looks like she ever. clearly wears squirrel ears. Like, that's like a headband. Yeah. But, like, does she... I guess she has squirrel powers. Like I don't get it. Is it the the silly name? Is she a quirky, quirky it's, fun it's character? The, it's the quirk factor. This is hipster oh, madness fuck you. embodied fuck in you. our comic book culture. And what I would say, but while we're kind of shitting on it and everything, if there's anybody out there, I I know we do a comic book podcast. I know our audience isn't always comic book readers, but. Seriously, if there's anybody out there that has ever read a Squirrel Girl comic book or knows what the appeal of this character is, please get in touch with us because I have no idea. I have no idea what people are reading, what people are gravitating to with this book because this character is a piece of shit. I'm sorry. I I, I don't know what you're reading. Yeah, I, I don't I don't understand it. She's a... She was created in 92 by Steve Ditko. That's your boy. And Will Murray. And Matt's boy. But, I like, I don't... Wait, how's he my boy? I don't fucking get it. Like, I, I don't... It's It seems too... It seems too, like, indie for me. Like, I just can't... I can't do it. I can't even look at this artwork without wanting to fucking vomit. Now, in... <laughs> In defense of indie sediment and indie artwork, you could make the case that Hawkeye from a couple of years ago was 
in the vein of an indie book which was very successful and something that you liked and that you latched on to after a while do you think that squirrel girl, squirrel girl possibly has the chance to replicate that no no i i don't and is I, it because I, she's I, not a white guy with blonde hair i i do like uh white male heroes in every one of my comic books I wish Wonder Woman was Wonder Man. Uh, no, I, Squirrel Girl seems too weird. Um, like, what Hawkeye had going for it was that they took all of the history of the superhero Hawkeye with the more flamboyant costume with the big face mask, and they boiled everything down to, like, who this guy would really be. Like, he had... A horrible love life, you know. Been through a lot of different ladies, and you know, like it. Matt Fraction really got right yeah, down to who like he was. Sounds like a good was. love life. Yeah, like there was, there was an earnestness to that telling of Hawkeye. The squirrel girl. It was seems built like on the foundation. Silliness, of, just for silliness. Yeah, sake. like there's no real foundation of Squirrel Girl being a hero, doing heroic things in this. This set comic book universe, Hawkeye was an interpretation on a hero that was already established. Squirrel Girl is, I don't know, it's just fucking nonsense. And it wasn't, I'm sorry. The Hawkeye book wasn't even really an interpretation so much as it was, well, you, like, Hawkeye's on this team with Thor and Captain America and Tony Stark. But what does a guy like Hawkeye do on his own when he's just a guy with a bow and arrow? Like, what does he do on his own when he's Archery not... Archery practice. Right. And everything spun out of that, and it all made sense. Um, I've never read any Squirrel Girl, but it seems like Squirrel Girl is a character that just wants to be silly and fun and capitalize on a young con-goer market just like someone like Gwenpool, which is completely unnecessary. But Gwenpool like, is even more fun. offensive because Squirrel Girl at least was created in the 90s I, at some point where Gwenpool is clearly just pulling from yeah, different strings of the current pop, pop culture. I agree. I think what adds insult to injury is that Marvel is clearly pouring resources into titles like Squirrel Girl and Slapstick and... Um, who we just talk about? Uh, Gwenpool. Gwenpool. Oh, Gwenpool. And you know what? Even Spider Gwen, dumb fucking character. And yet, we don't have an X Men. We don't have a fucking Wolverine. We don't have uh, the Fantastic Four. Like, how dare you, Marvel? Seriously, who do you think you are? Clearly, you're the second best selling comic book company in the land. And you want to know why? Because you're not giving fans what they fucking want. Fans want characters that they know, characters that they have grown to appreciate, not these ridiculous new characters that are amalgams of characters that they think they like, uh, resurrected characters that are completely unnecessary. It's sickening. Well, it's even it, it even feels odd to me, like, the characters like Punisher and Daredevil, who do have their own books promoted in this previews catalog they do they're relegated to like second fiddle you know in that huge two-page spread of all these great marvel characters that we're bringing you the fans 
classic characters like the Punisher and Daredevil don't yeah. make an appearance. Yeah, yeah, but you know what? That's fine. I Honestly, I don't care. If you don't want them to be a part of your big bad Civil War Part 19 crossover... Yeah, but that's crossover, more like attitude from you than it is like what should be a part of Marvel. You know what? No, I don't think that those uh, Marvel Knights characters, if you will, uh, necessarily belong in like the, the great uh, cross-company like universe altering thing like the punisher is a guy that shoots people that do bad things that's it like he kills people on the street level i don't need him affecting the universe at large but Same they with daredevil but they felt the need to put solo who is sort of like a punisher style character as well as electra who is closely connected to yeah daredevil. that's true that's so true. they felt the need to put those two variant versions of the hero that we knew in here, but yeah. not the real version that um, us classic comic book character char- character fans would be interested in. Right. Now, do you wish that uh, the Punisher was a part of that big dumb crossover? Oh, absolutely not. Okay, so let's move on. Ian, I think what, what Paul's saying is, shouldn't this be a marquee for the characters that we know and love? You mean like push all of the most popular characters in the biggest event? Is that what you're saying? Is this a, in an event? I guess the question really is, is this an event? No, or it's a it, season. Yeah, yeah. This, this what, is So a, what's a season? This isn't an event. Really? So what's a season then? <laughs> it's, it's the new comic series until they get tired of it and relaunch it at number one. Next year. Yeah, this Probably. is exactly yeah, this at is, next year. This is the next run until DC's still beating them in sales, and then they reboot everything. Again. You know, I love this because I, I'm telling you, I'll tell you right now, DC will continue to defeat Marvel in sales until Marvel gets its head out of its ass and starts giving us comic books that we give a crap about. But here's the thing, Marvel. This isn't a response to DC. Marvel has been doing this for the past couple of years. Yeah, it, like, yeah. I, as much as I'm a fan of what DC's doing, and I like the Rebirth stuff a whole lot, this is what's been selling historically. DC jumping up with Rebirth is a glitch, not the norm. Right. It, that's true, but I think that those sales will sustain enough for it to continue to outpace Marvel, given this being Marvel's like offering. If this is what Marvel's going to like give the public, I don't think the public and comic book retailers are going to order this stuff like crazy. I think they're going to continue to order the DC stuff um, until Marvel's like, oh, you know what, guys? Maybe we should just do a regular Spider-Man comic. Which brings me to the one thing in this whole thing that interests me a little bit. And that's the, uh, the new uh, Spider-Man comic called I'm working my way to it flipping through a digital comic book takes a lot longer than like a, a comic book with real pages uh, amazing spider-man renew your vows number one that's the one yeah featuring looks like peter parker and a mary jane watson who has some <clears throat> kind of powers or at least a special suit that kind of sort of matches their daughter yeah, it looks like they're kind of a superhero family, but from what I understand, this comic book series is basically going to show you what could have been uh, with Spider-Man had 
they not essentially written his daughter out of continuity or uh, erased his history with Mary Jane as far as her being uh, Spider-Man's wife. And I think that, you know, I was telling you before we started, this is the Spider-Man that we were kind of building up to. This is this is the, the Spider-Man had the trajectory of the character not been um, completely derailed by Joe Quesada and his personal whims. Um, this is the Spider-Man that we basically might be reading today in 2016 um, had that not happened. And I'm intrigued by that. I'm interested in that. Uh, I'm hopeful that it's good. But at the same time, even if it is, I know it's fleeting. I know that this is kind of a one-off thing and this isn't going to be like the new status quo for Spider-Man, which really sucks because, as we've talked about many times, Spider-Man hasn't been a very good comic book since Brand New Day, which is now nearly 10 years old. Yeah, I mean, we haven't been doing the show during a time whenever Spider-Man was an enjoyable book for you or I to read. Which is a real shame because it was, you know, for a large part of my early comic book reading days, Spider-Man was far and away my favorite comic book title and character. And I know it was for you too. And for it to be essentially irrelevant to us now that's just ridiculous there's no reason for that we talked about it before the show started um i whenever i first started buying comic books i bought amazing spider-man spectacular spider-man the web of spider-man sensational spider-man spider-man unlimited i bought everything spider-man and to varying degrees they were all worth my worth my money and worth my time and i wasn't upset with the version of peter parker that i was getting um it, it's just a real shame that this has been pushed so far to the back burner. Um, the artist on this, Ryan Stegman, is is a really quality artist. I'm excited about that. Jerry Conway, he's a he's a old DC guy. Is that right? Uh, that I don't know. I, I think that he's written some DC books in the past. I'm not super familiar with him. It's, and then there's I, there's Jerry Ordway, which Jerry Ordway. He's a longtime Marvel guy. Um, so, I mean, I, I don't know how much faith I have in this book, but of all the offerings that we have out there, this is probably the one that grabs my attention that I'm going to at least buy the first issue. I'm going to be very honest. Uh, there's nothing that really jumps out to me and says, hey, you know, pick up this issue yeah, number one I or, or, or check out these new characters or, or the continuing saga of these characters. I, I just don't have a lot of faith in Marvel at this point. I agree. I think um, the one of the more promising titles would be uh, The Punisher, which um, is the same writer that is currently writing it, Becky Cloonan, who writes titles like Gotham Academy, which is kind of crazy. Um which is basically a book for tweens. Do you pick up the new Punisher? It it currently uh, has I got the, her. I got and the Steve first Dillon. two. I got the first two, they and were I enjoyed okay. them. Yeah, yeah, they they were okay. Um, they they weren't the uh, the Garth Ennis Welcome Back Frank quality, or the, or even the Jason Aaron Punisher stuff, which actually probably was better than the Welcome Back Frank. I don't know. That's a tough one. Um, Welcome Back Frank would probably be better. Than the um, than the Jason Aaron stuff, uh, if they didn't write Daredevil as kind of a a wimp, 
in in issue number three or four, whatever it was, when they you know remember when he tied up yeah. Daredevil. I I think that Welcome Back Frank is is probably better than the Jason Aaron stuff. But if you take the entire catalog of Garth Ennis's Punisher, it doesn't match up to how consistently on target. Jason Aaron's stuff was. Welcome back, Frank, is is like the high point for me of Punisher stuff. Yeah, well... And Jason Aaron is real close, but like all the rest of the stuff that yeah, Garth Ennis wrote was like, it was all right, but it wasn't as great right, as right, the right. Jason but, Aaron stuff. But the Jason Aaron stuff lasted about as long as the, the Welcome Back Frank story was. So I think it's fair to compare those two things. Sure, um, sure. I, I'd still give a leg up on... Um, with with welcome back Frank, but yeah. they're they're very close. The Jason Aaron stuff is it, it's great. It really is. Right. The main theme running through there, Steve Dillon doesn't yeah. get enough credit um, for his storytelling as an artist. I, you know, I suppose so. I. You think it's it, you think it's like stale or or, or uh, like stiff. Is that right? I don't know. A little bit, yeah, but it's very samey. My problem with Steve Dillon is every one of his characters' faces... Samey? Samey. 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 Like, every one of his characters' faces look the same. Like I understand, and I appreciate what you're saying there. You can also say that about a lot of artists. You can say that about Jim Lee. Oh, yeah, you can. Yeah, you can. That's true. I, I, I There's something about Steve Dillon's art, though, that it takes it even further than... A lot of char- like a lot of artists like um, Jim Lee or or McSauce's own Rob Liefeld, because uh, it lacks, if I will, dynamism. He doesn't have very electric poses. He doesn't have a lot of action. I don't think it's just that. I really don't. I, I'm talking specifically about face faces and facial expressions. I'm saying that that. Maybe you focus in on that kind of stuff because it it doesn't have other things to distract you from the sameness of of his characters. Perhaps, I mean, you you perhaps. can name, I mean, you can just go off the list and name yeah top notch artists that have samey looking faces. Right. But what I would like to say is that I think it would be cool to see a different artist tackle, you know, some of these cool Punisher storylines like. I'm not sure it's Steve Dillon that made those Punisher stories that great. Like, certainly he wasn't a hindrance to them, but I'm not sure that he's the thing that propelled them to be as as great as I feel that they are. Like, um, I I don't know. Uh, Jim Lee. What if Jim Lee had drawn Welcome Back, Frank? It'd still probably be pretty amazing. Yeah, but I think some of the charm of Steve Dillon is that he's a good comedic writer or comedic artist. He brings a lot of humor and dark humor and that's a gigantic part of what Garth Ennis and also Jason Aaron did. I'm not sure that this new line and this new writer is really capturing it all that well. But Well, I don't think that this artist is anything necessarily special. Certainly Steve Dillon is a more special artist. Um, in terms of you know his storytelling yeah. abilities than whoever the heck that was that's currently, um, that's yeah currently I don't know I I honestly I've fallen off of all oh no of it my is Marvel. Steve Dillon it is Steve Dillon I've drawing. fallen off of all of my Marvel books I don't really buy any Marvel books at this point I'm trying to think maybe there was a series before this that I'm confusing that Steve Dillon didn't work on but anyway um, 
Is there anything else that we want to cover on Marvel now? I would like to mention the only thing I'm genuinely excited about when it comes to Marvel now, and I'm sure it's not going to pay out the way that I want it to, is the Nova Centurion helmet cover that just has coming soon after it. It looks like they're going to bring Richard Ryder back and reinitiate the Nova Corps, and that's going to be their space police book. Uh, the Abnet Landing run on Nova from before 2012 mm-hmm. is one of my favorite Marvel comic book runs. Mm-hmm. Um, in the in Marvel's current state of doing weird things for diversity's sake and just to be different, like I can't imagine them taking the DC Rebirth route and and taking a beloved character and concept like Richard Ryder and the Nova Corps and restoring it back to why people like that concept in the first place. But the even the art by Francesco Mattina looks like uh, it looks like the covers that were used in the Abnet Landing run. Uh, it just says coming soon. It's clearly Richard Ryder's Nova Prime helmet. Mm-hmm. It's not Sam Alexander's black helmet. So it gives me hope that maybe we're going to get a little taste of some old school Marvel. Some old school, really good Marvel. Yeah, coming I, up. I think um, that we might. Uh, but I want to challenge the thing that you said that Marvel isn't likely to go down the 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 rebirth route. Um, right. They probably are if sales don't change. If DC continues to defeat them uh, month after month with sales, Marvel probably will shake things up and start restoring some of the classic characters. Just And they'll spin it. They'll say, oh, we're not copying you know, uh, Rebirth. Uh, just like they spun it back when um... I don't know. Back when DC announced, okay, we're drawing the line at two ninety nine. You remember that when they decided we're not going to charge four dollars for comics, which DC is still doing. Right. God bless you, DC Comics. So what they did was they they went back to two ninety nine, and then Marvel, in a knee jerk reaction, released a press release like within hours and said, "We're going to do that too. We're going to two ninety nine." And then they never did it. They never actually lowered their prices on their comics. Don't People don't forget Marvel. Or if they do, that's what the McSauce Comic Book Podcast is here for. We're here to remind you. Uh, DC also, after a month of being out on the shelves, their digital library goes down a dollar. So yeah. if you're not... If, if you're waiting on a comic book, wait a month. If you're unsure, if you want to just test it out, wait right. a month with DC and you'll let's, get a Let's discount. be fair, though. Let's be fair. They're not doing that right now. Oh, no. They're not? They're not. They're not lowering the price of the Rebirth stuff. It hasn't happened yet. Uh, I don't know what you're waiting for, DC, but you kind of are pissing me off. You know, you, you get your customers used to one thing for, what, from 2011 is when they really made the big digital push with the new, the advent yeah, of the, the new 52, 52, like on day and date, and boom, all of a sudden digital comics take off. It was at that time. And ever since then until Rebirth, which was what, back in May or June, we got very used to 
comics dropping a dollar if you had the patience to wait a month. Well, not anymore. That's unfortunate. That was a big thing that made me love DC Comics so yeah. much. Now, now, now I'm out. I'm out. Marvel also did the like kind of the thing where this was back when they did announce the the Marvel Now line in 2012, which is now Marvel Then. Uh, they, in a, in a reaction to DC's New 52, they said, well, we're going to do this, and we're starting at number one, but we're not throwing away our years of continuity. We're going to just shake things up and kind of do this and that. And, like, as we can see, neither one really lasted. Um, but, I don't know. To me, I felt like the New 52 was the bigger success. Um, it certainly made for the better comics. Um <clears throat> That's just for me personally. Yeah, there's, um, like, DC seems very earnest in their or going back to what makes our core characters popular. Right. Uh, they what, will. What do the fans want? Yeah, they, I mean, they'll keep diverse characters like Duke Thomas around, uh, Batman's new quasi Robin, because he's not really Robin. He doesn't have a nickname yet, and he wears a yellow and black costume. Uh, there's a new Wally West, who's black, who's still Kid Flash. So they're, while the white, red-haired Wally West is still around, but DC's making... Uh, DC's coming out and making you know Barry Allen and Bruce Wayne and Clark Kent and Hal Jordan. Like, those are their classic heroes from their universe that have built their universe through all these years those are the focal points and we're going to get other diverse green lanterns we're going to get diverse sidekicks um you know we're getting jonathan kent clark kent's son you know growing up being learning how to be superboy so there are uh the new 52 lois lane is becoming superwoman so there are other diverse avenues that are mainstays in this universe now but as far as the core characters, no one's, no one in DC is taking Tony Stark and right. saying, "You're out of here. You're a black chick now." Right. Right. Yeah, it's not a complete swap out of. Yeah, it's an Bruce entire Wayne. line yeah, of heroes. You're a white dude. You're still Batman, but you have a more diverse cast, and that's that's what I really like about DC is they're being honest with their presentation. But Marvel's like, this is your new Iron Man. It's a black girl. Like, you're fucking lying. It's not. It's still, Iron Man's still Tony Stark, but this is a new character in Tony Stark's universe. Do you remember how many... But it's still Tony Stark's universe. Do you remember how many months uh, Marvel, a.k.a. Dan Slott, um, lied and lied and lied about the superior Spider-Man. Dr. Octopus, he really is the new Spider-Man. I promise. You're Peter Parker. He's not coming he's back. He's dead. I promise you. That was like, you know, what he would say. And then, of course, you know, 12 issues later or whatever, oh, what do you know? Peter Parker's back. Yeah, like DC's it was, done I, really... It did feel longer than 12 issues. Maybe yeah. I was just mad about it. Well, for... maybe it was more than 12 issues. Yeah. It was, it was like a year. Yeah, but to your point, he was being a little disingenuous. And then he had to... I'm sorry, just in, for full disclosure, I guess he said, oh, I felt terrible having to lie all the time. But that was a mandate from Marvel. 
Yeah, tell people that this is really going to happen. Yeah. Well, guess what? When you fucking lie to your customers, they might not believe you next time. They might not want to listen to what you have to say, assholes. Yeah, and I like I, I really appreciate where DC's coming from with Rebirth because they're not they're not explicitly coming out and saying, you know what, we kind of went off the rails with uh, the later portion of the new 52, but we're going to fix everything. They're not really saying that, but they're not not saying that. But Marvel is so bullheaded that what they're doing is what they're doing, and this is right, and we will not admit failure, and this was put in place for this right. purpose. And you know and what? this is what we're doing now, and this is what matters. If they don't and wanna... I'm like, you know what? Say, yeah, fucking girl Thor didn't work out, yeah. so we're, re- we're, we're reinstituting male Thor. So the fuck what? Who just fucking do it? It doesn't like you don't need to. You can be wrong. It's okay to have a misstep in your publishing department. All these books and come make in. Make course corrections. All these books come in with this thunderous announcement, and these this is what the fans want. Blah 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 blah. With you know a, a new Squirrel Girl title and a new She Hulk book, and then in 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 months, five months time. All those books are gone, and we don't talk about it anymore. Right. But everybody online was beating their dicks really hard about how much they were in- invested and interested in these new fucking characters that could anybody possibly give a shit about? No, not really. Not enough to enough to write an article yeah, or not, comment on Facebook, not to but not to actually physically walk out to the store and pick up a book. Nobody gives enough a shit about them to do that. Agree. I think that's a good a good note to end on, Paul. Yeah, that's gonna do it for us tonight. Thanks for listening to our invested yeah. critique of Marvel now. And and folks, I know that this particular episode was especially venomous. Um, and uh, thank you for for bearing with us tonight. But this was a long time coming episode that we continually had to kind of pushed in the back burner uh, in favor of other things. And uh, it was just necessary. We had to get this off our chest. Yeah, we needed to get this out of our systems. Yeah, I mean, the, the reason why I think a lot of you come here and listen to what we have um, for this podcast is because we we tell you exactly how we think. We don't sugarcoat anything. If you disagree with us, a lot of you let us know that you disagree with us. But if you, if you do agree with us or if you like hearing exactly what we have on our minds uh, regarding comic books or movies. This is the place to come, so. That's going to do it for us tonight. Thanks to everyone for tuning in and listening to the Sauce Comic Podcast. Thanks to my wonderful co-host, Dean Sharpley and Matt Cassell. We are a machine that couldn't do this without any of these three cogs. Even though some of us are crazy and think rocket launchers in the Star Wars universe are bananas. Did did you get a lot of blowback on that, sir? No, I re-listened to the episode. Oh, okay, so you're... you're... <laughs> uh, I'm a maniac. Thanks for listening tonight. My name is Paul McGee. Ian Sharpley. Matt Cassell. We'll see you next time.
get some I'll get some uh, some manicurists from some lawn carists. What's the word I'm looking for? Landscapers? <laughs> Landscapers. No, I'm not I was like, we'll probably get some landscapers. You need like a, your nails did? Yeah, at but get some Hobo Taco Bell? <laughs>